That's right. Welcome in another edition of the North Idaho PrepCast on IdahoSports.com, where we break down District 1 and 2 athletics week in, week out in the great state of Idaho, from Bonners Ferry all the way down to St. Mary's and over to the Palouse as well. We've got you covered with North Idaho action. We are coming to you live on the IdahoSports.com YouTube channel, Facebook page, and Twitter account. If you're live with us today, hey, thanks for stopping by. If you hit that like button, it'd be a really cool thing to do. That helps other people find the show a little more easily amongst all the social media scrolling. Um, If you uh, aren't here live, you can always watch this on replay, of course, at YouTube, Facebook, or Twitter. And also, you can listen to this podcast on the homepage at idahosports.com. There's a little tab that says PrepCasts. You click that. There's a drop-down menu, North Idaho PrepCast. You can click on that and listen to it there. Uh, You can also listen to this podcast wherever you download and subscribe to podcasts. Apple, Google, Spotify, Stitcher, etc. My name is Brandon Bainey. Let's bring on our North Idaho expert. It's Ryan Skaggs. What's up, Skaggs? What's going on? You forgot the Camas Prairie. We're going to get some hate mail from Prairie and Grangeville. Oh, yeah. <laughs> to the Palouse and then down to the Camas Prairie. Yes. Yeah. I was going to say, Palouse and beyond. Like uh, Coach Barger is going to start yelling at us. We don't want to upset her. And the number no. one Grangeville Bulldogs girls basketball team. Oh my gosh. Um, okay. I didn't want to start the show there, but let's, <laughs> let's do it. Let's do it. Um, <laughs> Sorry. I had to go there. I just figured I'd have to rip you a little bit, but that's all. no. Uh, have you, have you seen what's happening at the two a level with the max preps rankings and stuff? Skags? It's bonkers and bananas. And I was, I just look at the coaches rankings. I think that gives us the more honest answer right now, but that's just me. We, we discussed this ad nauseum on the Treasure Valley prep cast this week, which is our District 3, uh, you know, Boise area prep cast. And essentially in 2A girls basketball this year, there's there's a pretty clear consensus top three teams. Just using, you know, my eyes and results, right? Yeah. It's, it's Grangeville, it's Melba, it's Cole Valley Christian, right? And, Gra- and Grangeville for the moment gets that number one distinction because they beat both of those teams early on in the season at their place. Now, since then, Melba and Cole Valley have split. They're, of course, in the same district. They'll play again in the district tournament. But um, the Max Preps rankings, if, if, if all the teams we expect win out and advance to state do so, you're looking at Grangeville as the number one seed overall, which is great. No, no arguments there. But then... Cole Valley as the four and Melba as the five. You're talking about a potential championship battle in the first round and three, the top three teams, you know, by consensus media poll, coaches poll, doesn't matter. Uh, the top three teams all on the same side of the bracket. Yeah. I think we've seen this before and like, especially in this five a a few years ago, but like, yeah, no, I'm I'm with we gotta have like the seating committee that like we need like an immediate injunction or something like that. Like we gotta have something. Like seriously, this is crazy. Get a representative from the IHSAA, get somebody from the sports writers association, get somebody from the coaches association, just get four or five heads together, they'll figure it out. Like this isn't isn't really a difficult problem and we can go at nauseam, like you said about like you did with the, the Treasure Valley prep gas, but it 
this shouldn't be that hard. Like, I don't understand it in the rankings. We know that the rankings are flawed anyways because Scott did a phenomenal job explaining a lot of that in the offseason between football and basketball. And, like, this system, there is – there is I mean, it's like a spaghetti strainer. There, there's so many holes in this system. It's crazy. Yeah, it's not the ideal way you want to do things. Of course, of course Coach Barger – says bring it on we got to be the best be the best anyways but exactly i mean second year in a row you know last year at the 5a tournament for the girls cordelaine boise played in the semis that's probably the championship right no no disrespect to rocky mountain but they just didn't have it against cordelaine so anyways i don't know i don't know how we fix it 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 is it's a mix of computers and humans i think is there has to be a human element just to get the eyeballs on it because the computers can't figure it out on their own yeah, for sure. Uh, okay. I didn't want to start there today, but I, I thought we got through that pretty succinctly. So uh, We're good. this is the North Idaho prep cast presented by no vape Idaho. Be smart. Don't start no vape. Uh, I love what they're doing here. Skags. They are taking the battle to the streets as it were, because come on, teenagers, kids, they're on social media, right? That's nobody's the- more in the loop than two dudes in their late thirties, you know? <laughs> Here's what I don't. I may not know what social media they're using, but I know they're, they're <laughs> a large umbrella, right? That's right. And what are these vaping companies doing? They are pumping millions upon millions of dollars in targeted marketing and ad campaigns to these teenagers. Yep. And we're probably going to get kicked off Facebook for saying this. I sound like a conservative radio host now. And Facebook's going to silence us, but they just they take the money. They just yep. take the money and go, yeah, we don't care what you're doing, or we don't care if you're a vape company and you're trying to attract teenagers to, to buy your product. You paid us money. Go ahead and advertise. They claim that they you know have filters in place, but I don't think yeah. so. So I like what No Vape is doing. Hey, let's get our message out on social media also. Yeah, and the thing about if you want to, you know, convey a, a positive message is that you have to be louder than the noise out there. And, you know, this goes from parents and parenting with like what values you want to instill in your family, but also with, you know, health stuff. Like you have to be louder than the outside noise that, um, you know, maybe trying to tell a different story than what you truly believe in. I mean, the, the vaping is bad and we've all kind of known that and assumed that and it's not a good replacement for smoking. You know, just don't do any of that. And, you know, just I, I appreciate them trying to be louder than the advertisers saying like, oh, yeah, vaping's a safe alternative to smoking. There is no safe alternative to smoking. Just don't do any of it. Yeah. Get out of here with that nonsense. There's <laughs> yeah. there's no safe alternative. That's for sure. All right. Um, what are we going to do on the show today? We're going to take you through the brackets. This is the time of year where I make my transformation i become brackets baney well uh no, 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 no. yeah oh we can't do that we might get a band you're gonna get us flagged for copyright <laughs> problems skags you can't do that <laughs> <My bad. laughs> uh, C- cbs sports is gonna send us a cease and desist anyway <laughs> uh it is time to break out the girls district tournament brackets spoiler alert not much action happening in the North yet. North Idaho is always kind of the last to uh, get districts going, which I kind of like anyways, because well, if, you, if you think about it, Skaggs, girl state is still, you know, two and a half weeks out. And 
if I'm if I'm a team, I want to be playing high intensity district games as close to state as I can. I believe the first district games are this weekend in the White Pines. So I mean, that's the, they're they're the first to get underway. It's just because of the largest conference, but yeah, yeah, we did we did have the White Pine get started on Tuesday. With Correct. The, with the opening round, but then like the first like set of eliminations and semis are this Saturday. You are correct. Yep. So, I mean, we'll go through the brackets. Not going to be a ton to dissect because a lot of the leagues still have regular season stuff to take care of, but um, it'll give us an idea of what to, to keep an eye out for when districts do start at the start of next week. Um, and then when we come back, we'll, we'll be able to break down some tangible results. But uh, before we do that, let's, let's talk wrestling and boys hoops. Uh, let's start on the wrestling side. I want to start with the, the dual invite that Clearwater Valley hosted last week, uh, up in Kooski. It was a who's who of two a and one a programs, St. Mary's and Kellogg both went undefeated. I would argue Kellogg had the more difficult slate of opponents. Um, but, uh, on criteria, St. Mary's got the team title. So congratulations, Lumberjacks. Yeah, and you know that's we we talk about you know two A. It's you know the one A and two A. It's all two A. Like they're all in the same classification still. And there's, you know, that's um, a meat grinder if you ask me. I think that that's going to be um, pretty telling on on you know you go to state. We talked about it a little bit last week, and I know you guys talked about it ad nauseum on the the uh, mat chat. But um, you know it's they're just going to beat up on each other. There's so much talent at two A. Uh, with the small school wrestlers up here in North Idaho and St. Mary's is, is loaded for bear. I mean, they've got some dudes, I mean, between Gibson and, you know, the, the Nantel and the other guys that they've got in those lineups, they've got some hammers of their own and Kellogg's absolutely loaded and deep. And then you get sprinkling some guys from potlatch and some guys from Clearwater Valley and, you know, some kids from priest rivers got some dudes too. So um, it, there is a, there is a lot of a solid, you know, I think, if the North was like its own, like kind of, they had like a district on district kind of tournament, which would be phenomenal to see. The North would bring home, I mean, a, a lot of titles. There's that at each weight you kind of sprinkle through. There's a there's a stud from the North in one district one or two, and almost every single weight class you could see somebody standing on the top two spots in the podium. Yeah, it's going to be, and, and unfortunately, uh, because there's so much balance in the CIL this year, um, mm -hmm. no one single team is going to have enough horses to go down and, and yeah. challenge uh, like a Malad or a New Plymouth or something. Yeah, like look that. at Malad. It's going to be the dangerous team to watch there at 2A this year at State, just because yep. of sheer numbers. Yep, for sure. So anyways, uh, it'll be fun to to follow their progress throughout. Um, and then the bigger schools were at the North Idaho Rumble Skags, where I got to be honest, I was a little surprised. Coeur d'Alene on their home turf takes third behind a 4A team, Caldwell, which took second, and a 3A team, American Falls, came up and won the whole thing. You know, I hung out uh, through the blood rounds with my son on Saturday at the North Idaho Rumble. I sent you some pictures and, um, you know, watching what was there it, i mean cordelaine showed up they had some young dudes that wrestled really well made it to the finals and, and they had a couple winners which was awesome to see um you know and i was kind of scamming through you know scanning through the the final results like rocco white winning at 98 pounds was was impressive and um you know but caldwell's always historically been a really strong program and you look at you know classification wise they're going to be 5a next year so like i mean as far as numbers go like that's not a small school by any stretch of the imagination they just get the ability to to kind of be in that ballpark but um you know american falls was the surprise to me they're they're 
they wrestled tough. They came out and they were uh, gritty. They were in every match they were in, even the ones that they lost. They were they were competitive, and that's just a, I mean that's a really solid team. Um, but I think that spoke to the overall depth of the tournament th- this year up here was, you know, Coeur taking third post falls is beat up. They didn't have their full lineup in, in the tournament and they're just trying to get healthy for districts and get their way to state. But, um, you know, Hoyt Haas winning if at 132 for Lewiston, um, you know, getting another title there at the North Idaho Rumble was was cool to see in his kind of swan song senior affair. And, um, you know, it's a really nice tune up match as you head into districts and. Uh, the quality wrestling really showed, especially on the girls' side. There was some phenomenal girls' matches that took place at Coeur as well, and that's just um, speaking, I think, you know, volumes of, of the quality of what that tournament's become. There's some teams from Montana coming over now, and um, it's truly been a nice little regional tournament. So I, like I said, that last warm-up before districts. And, uh, you know, I was impressed, though, that, you know, Lake City, uh, Leonard, Garrett Leonard at 195 was very impressive, um, and that's no no – you know, shot at Jordan Tyler from Sandpoint, who is a fan of our prep cast and of Matt Chat. But um, Leonard looked looked really solid at 195. There's some guys that look really good individually in their efforts. Yeah, I mean, and and you talked about Hoyt Haas from uh, Lewiston uh, this week. Al Fontes, uh, he, so he's got a couple of different series. He's got the Hidden Gems of Idaho Wrestling, which is kind of the yeah. The lesser known names that, you know, maybe we're getting introduced to for the first time. And then he has what's called the tier one of Idaho prep wrestling. That's like the uber elite, the best of the best. And he just did a tier one um, profile on Hoyt uh, from Lewiston. Went one on one with with uh, Hoyt. And um, it's a really remarkable story of perseverance and also admitting that, hey, I'm I'm not perfect. And you can succumb to pressure sometimes. And so yeah. I, I, everybody needs to go read that. Uh, it it's was on the a phenomenal page. article. Yeah. We're so lucky to have Al on our staff here to help us at Idaho sports. And uh, he does such a great job and that was a great article. And um, you know, I've known the Haas family, you know, especially Hoyt senior for a long time. Like, I mean, since I went to high school with him and his, his Hoyt's mom, but um, younger Hoyt, I should say, cause I have to differentiate between the two. <laughs> Uh, but you know, and my mom worked at, at Hoyt's school and he was in elementary school. And so, you know, being able to see his journey as a kid, you know, my mom would message me like, have you heard about this kid from our school? He's wrestling at some national tournament and then he's going to go to like Bulgaria or something like that. And, you know, it was pretty cool to kind of follow his journey as they've come through. And, um, you know, it's cool to see the overcoming of adversity and, and Hoyt, you know, faced a lot of adversity meant with his mental health and stuff. And he talked about it in that article and how huge that is, especially for adolescent males. You know, it's something that doesn't get talked about a lot. It's something that kind of gets swept under the rug and the suicide attempt that took place. And, um, you know, there's things, especially in North Idaho, we've seen it a lot. I mean, Post Falls, Coeur d'Alene, Lakeland, they've all been affected and rocked by um, that same issue with mental health. And, um, you know, it's it's it was great to put a spotlight on that and show somebody that that overcomes. And like, you know, the great equalizer was, you know, his ability to just keep fighting through and and, and push through his issues. And um, not only does he overcome, but he excels and he's going to, you know, wrestle at this next level in college. And he's earned himself, you know, he'll be a, in my mind. I, I see him as an All-American at NIC and I'm excited to see him, you know, wrestle for the Cardinals in the, in the future. But um, 
yeah, just that's a phenomenal article. If you folks get a chance to read it, like that shines some light on some really tough subjects. It doesn't get talked about a lot. Yeah. And this is something that Hoyt and his family wanted to share to um, put, put it out there that, Hey, if you yeah. are experiencing that same feeling of stress and I have to be perfect. And the one time you don't achieve you know, the ultimate goal, it, it's devastating, but it's not, it's okay. It's, it's okay yeah. to, to fail and it's okay to, to admit that I need help. And so, yeah, a bad day is not a bad life. And, you know, Hoyt, you know, overcoming that through his faith and through his parents and his family and, you know, all of them circling the wagons and rallying around that situation. It's, you know, I mean, we're a huge fan of his and, you know, it's it's super cool to kind of get a front row seat to these kids that do hard things and overcome hard things and able to find some success. A lot of times, so subjective too. But I mean, like the, he's excelling and he needs he deserves all the accolades he he gets too. He's just a humble kid that works really really hard. Yeah, it's it's an incredible story. It's on the homepage at IdahoSports.com. Uh, tier one of Idaho prep wrestling profile with Hoyt Haas from Lewiston. And uh, again, just a remarkable story. Um, so everybody should go check it out for sure. Uh, okay. Let's talk boys basketball. Uh, the big storylines court Lane officially wraps up the regular season inland empire league title. They're seven and oh, even if they fall down the stretch here, they have built up enough of a lead in the loss column um, to, to sustain that first place ranking. Uh, after that, the, the standings are kind of messy post falls. Lewiston are both three and four Lake city is two and three. They have all kind of beaten up on each other. Skags. You put together a little meme here to, uh, kind <laughs> of an- analyze the situation in that race for second place in the IEL. <laughs> <laughs> They're literally the depiction of a Spider-Man meme. <laughs> I mean, that's that that is so on the nose. It's funny now. This the, seems to the, be on our Instagram page. <laughs> seriously, that I mean, that's funny. That's funny. But yes, Lewiston Lake City Post Falls. It is the Spider-Man meme where they're all pointing at each other. Stylistically, it's a little different, you know. Sure. Yeah, Luke, oh, they have, they're all different stylistically, but I mean, right. it's who wants to win? Like, I mean, yeah. And they they all have a guy that they've identified as if we need a bucket, you know, go get it. The question yeah. is, because you're looking at Reese Strawn from Lake City, and you're looking at um, from Post Falls, you know, you're looking at. I, I think Shields personally. Shields, I mean, you could go McCarthy. You could go, I mean, the freshman Lindsay that we saw go off against Coeur d'Alene, Like, I mean, it's kind of like pick a dude on any given night for them. But, you know, it's the consistency factor is the hard part right now. Yeah. And then I got to see the Golden Throne or I was on the call for the Golden Throne Friday night from Lewis and Clark State College in Lewiston. What a cool atmosphere that was. You, told you, you didn't lie. I told you I wasn't lying. You did not uh, disappoint with the way you hyped that up. Uh, the the Clarkston girls won, which was no surprise. They are still undefeated at 18 and yeah. 0. And they're uh, only third in the state in Washington. And I don't know, like two teams better than that one in <laughs> girls basketball. They're pretty legit. 
I mean, I was looking at their schedule, you know, p- preparing for the game. And I mean, no offense to the other teams in the GSL, the greater Spokane league. There's just not anybody that's even within 20 points of Clarkston. And I'm just like, mm-hmm. this game against Lewiston is the last test for them before mm-hmm. the postseason starts. So, you know, go earn it. And they did. Um, yep. And then, and then the Lewiston boys uh, won in the nightcap and got the split. Um, but to me, when I was watching that Lewiston team, it was pretty clear to me when they needed a play, when they needed a bucket, when they needed to stop defensively, it was Ryland Gomez. He was yep. the guy that everything was running through. Yeah, he's the straw that stirs the drink, I guess you could say, with that team. As good as Drew Hottinger's been down low at times and on the defensive end of the floor, you know, and they've gotten some good minutes out of their guard play too. But Gomez has been, you know, by and large, their, their bucket maker. And, uh, you know, we look at Post Falls, we look at Lake City, we look at Lewis, and they all beat up on each other. Districts is going to be super interesting. And you look at Lewis, and I mean, they lost by single digits to Coeur d'Alene the other night, too. You know, that it, I don't know who to pick as the number two team to get that play in, but I'd have no idea. I really don't. It's going to be really interesting. Uh, Post Falls has split with Lake City. They have split mm-hmm. with Lewiston. They're done with those guys. And they lost yeah. twice to Coeur d'Alene. So all they have left are a couple of league games against Lakeland and Sandpoint. Um, those are no gimmies. I mean, yeah. it, you know, Lakeland's tough. Sandpoint's yeah, getting better. big with Lakeland, yeah. Yep. Um, Lake City and Lewiston play one more time. Lake City won the first matchup 69-42. They will play next Wednesday, February 7th. And I guess provided nobody stumbles against the 4A teams, because they all have to play some combination of the 4A teams still. Um, if if nobody stumbles, I guess whoever wins that Lake City Lewiston game next Wednesday at Lake City probably takes second, right? Yep. That would be uh just based on the head to head criteria. I don't know if it gets into the four what comes first? Is it overall record or is it the record against the four A schools that dictates like seeding them the next criteria? But um yeah i mean the easiest way is just win your games but just let it all kind of the dust settle at the end but um you know it's uh it's gonna be a, a battle that lewiston lake city game's got a lot of intrigue to it and lake city's just been you know one of those teams we knew what they were last year and they losing almost your entire you know starting lineup minus one guy that sticks around and then you got a cast of underclassmen around them and they've just been gritty and that's the thing of, you know, you see them take a couple of lumps here and there, especially the quarter lane, but then you see them come back and they just don't go away. I mean, they're like a bad cold. And, um, you know, can that can that pay benefits down the road with a young team that knows that they can hang with people in the in the postseason? You know, that might be the, the team to, to keep an eye on as we approach districts. But, you know, Lewiston's got the senior leadership and Post Falls has that cast of just, you know, they, they play 10 dudes and – all 10 can make a, make a shot. So that's where I kind of stand where I'm like, I have no idea coming into districts what, what's going to shake out of this. And, you know, I don't think it's such a given that Coeur d'Alene, you know, Coeur d'Alene is number one and and deservedly so, but the field is starting to catch up to Coeur d'Alene yep. a little bit. I mean, they just beat Post Falls by six last Thursday. We were on the call for that game on idahosports.com. And then they just beat Lewiston by nine, last night 70 yeah. to 61 so they are getting everybody's best shot and at some point you figure one of these teams after being so close you know is going to have a chance to to knock off Coeur d'Alene. yeah and that would be i mean that would be the the thing in the district tournament is 
if Coeur d'Alene loses it. I mean, and you talk about who's the number four seed. The number four seed is, has a winning record. I mean, like, that's what you're going to look at in this is, like, there's no bad teams in this conference, and every one of them, I think, is deserving of that second bid. The Coeur d'Alene realistically could take a haymaker from one of these teams and either find themselves in a play-in game or on the outside looking in. I mean, like, that's the, the – yeah, it, you know – Maybe in two weeks we have to redo that meme and add a fourth Spider-Man to where Coeur Lane's pointing at all of them because they lose in the first round of district. So, I don't know. <laughs> <laughs> oh, man. And, and, you know, even just looking at traditionally defense is what carries when you get to the postseason, right? Uh, you yeah. can have a good offense, but you got to be able to defend. The top defenses in terms of points allowed, Lewiston has the best in the in the league at 50.5 points per game quarter lane at 51.5 post falls at 52.4 and then lake city at 58.9 so lake city's yeah. allow allowing almost 60 points per game now they're scoring 63 which is second highest but for that reason i'm a little less convinced about lake city unless they can tighten up that defense um and and i guess for me the stock of Lewiston kind of gets raised a little bit yeah, because they wins championships, you know, and coach Malm does a great job with the defense of the Bengals. Yeah. And just watching post falls with my eyes, the potential is there. They just mm -hmm. seem to every game go through a stretch where they just bog down on offense and they just cannot get a bucket um, when they need it. So yeah. I don't know. They turn over, <laughs> they turn the ball over a little bit. I mean, I think that's the youth that still comes out in that lineup is some of the turnovers that show up are just forcing things and that they didn't need to do. And, you know, if they stayed in their set a little bit longer, like in that quarter line game, we talked about it on air. I was like, man, if they just stay in their set, they would have won that game. I mean, they, they led until the last 90 seconds of that ball game. And, you know, it's that that's, it is what it is, but um, it was a great game. I mean, we, we obviously missed the fireworks down in Lapway, but, um, <laughs> we had a great game in our hands there in that, in that boys game though with quarterline post falls, but yeah, it's the five A's I think getting the, the, the most of the talk, but I think it's rightfully so because of the competition level between those four teams. Yep. Uh, and, and we'll talk about Lapway of course, uh, here yeah. in just a second. Um, okay. Let's go to four a inland empire league. Moscow has taken control of this thing. I mean, the bears are four and two in the uh, inland empire league. They, they have to play you know, three of the five A's coming up. So they'll take some L's on the, on the conference uh, record. But what's important here is they swept the season series with Sandpoint. They swept the season series with Lakeland. And they had basically in each of those games, one blowout, one tight game. You know, they beat Moscow in double overtime, 85, 82 the first time. And then they get a, get a nice easy win uh, in the, in the rematch. Uh, 6950 that was against Lakeland and then against Sandpoint you know they win 5536 the rematch a little tighter 7162 but to me you know Moscow now gets the number one seed they're going to get that first round by for the play-in game the home court advantage all of that kind of tilts in Moscow's favor now well yeah I mean you're going to catch you're going to catch teams on the road consecutive nights at your home court like that that plays that's a big factor I mean that you know it's not meeting in the middle. Now you're like having to go either Lakeland or Sandpoint has to go on the road to Moscow. So you do get the true home court advantage there, which is going to be a nice little feather in the cap. 
I look at lineups too. I mean, you talk about best overall players in 4A right now. Moscow's got, I think, probably in my mind, two of the best guys. Um, you know, and that's so, and that's no slight to Lakeland or or Sandpoint. They've both got some good dudes on their team too. But um, you know, it's going to come down to guard play. I think you know we know that Moscow can line up. They can take advantage of the boards. They can hit it down low, but they can get they can go off. You know, on the three point shot as well. Cummings can, and so it's going to be. Uh, a test, I think, if they can play the more consistent, not turning the ball over with guards, just manage the game, get your guys open in your offensive sets. I I really look at Moscow as the team that's going to be the, the heavy favorite to make it to state. Ian Hillman at 6'6", down yeah. low. Matchup Hillman, problem. He's a matchup. He's a problem. Yeah, absolutely. <laughs> yeah, uh, that's kind of the big X factor for Moscow, I feel like. Um, okay, now we look at who. Okay, who's going to take second, who's going to take third. Uh, Sandpoint or Lakeland. Sandpoint is one in five. Lakeland is one in three. So Lakeland has a few more opportunities to nudge ahead in the win column. They each split with each other during the regular season. So they're done. Um, it's going to come down to can somebody steal a win against one of these five A's? Each of them still plays post falls. Each of them both play Lake City still. And then additionally, you know, Lakeland has to play Lewiston and Coeur d'Alene. So Lakeland gets more bites at the apple, so to speak. Um, but really, I'm looking at can one of these teams get a win against Post Falls or Lake City? I don't know if it gets done. I mean, I really don't. And you know, I think we way seating in, in two and three, they're interchangeable within the league schedule with districts and everything. I mean, it's kind of gonna be set. I think Moscow is gonna be the one, you know, Lakeland standpoint. Doesn't really matter who's two and three because they're gonna have to play each other in the first round with a loser out. So um, you know. If there's any bright spots on the horizon as far as wins for either Lakeland or Sandpoint, I mean it's it's going to be catching Lake City on a cold night. I mean they're they're streaky at times. That's I look at Lewiston. Lewiston's the more like defensive stalwart. I don't think either of those teams have any matchup for Gomez or for Hottinger down low for that matter. Um, so really, it comes down to I think Lake City is going to be kind of those X factor games for both of those teams. Okay, we'll see. We'll see how it all shakes out here. The race to two wins in league is basically what we're looking at here. <laughs> for but we say that tongue in cheek. I mean, when you have to, when yeah. you're forced to play your five A opponents as conference games, I mean, it's very hard to have a winning record. Correct uh, in in the league. So, all right, uh, let's go to one eighty one. Big story is Lapway, of course. Case why not? Last Thursday against Clearwater Valley was. Six points shy of the Idaho all-time scoring record. Um, got it on, appropriately enough, a rebound and put back off of a miss where he does so much of his damage. Um, and so it was a great night, a, a celebration. IdahoSports.com was there to broadcast it. Uh, we shared the the historic moment on social media. It just took off. Everybody, doesn't matter what media, if it was television, written word, Idaho sports online. Everybody had something to say about it. I think we've exhausted all of the words that we possibly could use. Yeah. Um, the, the one, the one, the two things I thought were cool about this. Um, the first thing that I learned from a story that Jason Shatra wrote about case on idahosports.com. It's still there on the homepage case gets up at five o'clock in the morning, every morning to go to the gym. And he puts up, he puts up shots. It's incredible. Yeah. No, you know, there's a book, uh, by James Clear called Atomic Habits. Some of you have heard about it, but it's a it's a phenomenal book. And you know that's 
that's in your habits, right? Your habits develop your character and your, I mean, it develops everything comes out of your habits and he has a habit of, of doing the small things and doing them extremely well. And, you know, everything else feeds a, a, off of his habits and he just has good habits. He shows up, goes, makes shots. He goes, puts up the ball, you know, it doesn't matter if it's snowing outside, it's raining, it's nice out. He feels good, feels bad, whatever. He just shows up every day. And, you know, if he makes it a habit of, of something that he does is doing the little things well. Well, it had paid big dividends for him. And, you know, I don't even want to give the negative any noise. Like there was, I don't know how in the world you can go on social media and hate on a kid for setting the state scoring record. And, you know, like there was a little bit of it out there and I'm not going to give it attention. Cause like case deserves all the, you know, all the credit, his teammates and his coaches and his parents. And like, there's an army of people behind him that led him to getting the, those accolades. And so that's what needs the attention and the focus. Um, the kid, works extremely hard. His teammates work extremely hard. He lifts everybody around him. Um, and then I will, I, I will say this. I did talk to, um, I'm good friends with, with Chris Bonney's girlfriend's family and Chris Bonney was there, you know, obviously he put up the quote unquote shot. So I asked, uh, his girlfriend's family, I was like, was that a pass or a shot? And they're like, Oh no, that was a pass. 100%. He didn't airball it. He was trying to get it to Case because Case was standing next to the basket and they wanted to get it over with. So I will give Chris Bonney in my scorebook an assist and not a shot attempt. <laughs> okay. Hey, I'm hey, I'm glad you cleared that up for us because that's yeah. I think that's what the general perception was. Was Bonnie put it up on the shot no, no. and then no, Case grabbed it <laughs> because he wanted to pass it to Case. Yeah. Yeah, and and you know what? You know, Case is a great kid. I still think my favorite Wildcat is. Chris Bonnie though, (laughs) even yeah, he's awesome. Yeah, but the thing is, like you talk about the cast around Case, and we talk a lot about Case on here. But you know, over the years of all the great players that have come through Lapway too, that have had a hand in this, and that you know the coaches and Coach Eastman's done such a great job. It goes to the select coaches in the in the summer and the off season, helping out with Case and developing his game in the off season, and his off season teammates. And I mean, I know he's playing with like, you know, kids from Hawaii and kids from Montana, and like the like everybody has a has a hand in this, you know, to make make somebody better and set a record like that. And you know, his parents do such a phenomenal job with him, and they've raised him so well uh, to be this humble kid that just puts his nose down and grinds every day. You know, he's a good student. He's a good, he's good to his classmates, his teammates, everybody else. So, you know, it could hats off because it couldn't happen to a better kid. I mean, he just, he is a great kid and a great representative for the state of Idaho to set that record and hold that title. Like that's super awesome for him. And, and he's going to do, go on to do great things at Utah state. Yeah. So he goes in at 5 a.m. every morning to put up 500 shots. And then the other <laughs> cool part of it was um, after the game, he stayed for, I don't know how long and just signed autographs for all the kids and community members that were there. And he was signing basketballs and t-shirts and taking selfies and and like, yeah, no, that was so cool, man. That's just awesome. And they've got a superstar in their town and they, they definitely made it known. And that's, that's awesome. It was awesome. Those kids will never forget that moment. Mm-mm. I mean, it's it's incredible. So anybody online that's trying to dismiss it because he plays at a small school or something, just knock it off. Seriously. It, yeah. It's like, well, do it against the 5A school. It's like he did. He went off for 49. Like, what do you want him to do? Like, <laughs> so, like I mean, we, we've, we've seen case. I mean, yeah. first, first of all, 
Lapway has beaten, you know, 5A, 4A, 3A, 2A teams mm-hmm. <laughs> during this run. Um, yeah. Second of all, on the club scene, all right, Case is playing against the best of the best Division on One West, athletes. Yeah, in the, in the nation, not just yeah. regionally. Yeah. So knock it off with that nonsense. Seriously. Shut up. Yeah. <laughs> uh, that's all I got to say. Seriously, uh, okay. no, I'm, with you. I'm totally with you. All right. Let's go 1AD2 boys hoops. We got Max uh, Oswald here from the Bonner County Daily B. Uh, fantastic job, you know, writing about Clark Fork and Priest River and, and Sandpoint up there. Fun tidbit I wanted to share. On Tuesday, Clark Fork was down 48 to 34 with Knox to Knoxon. That's in Montana. With 521 remaining in the fourth, they closed the game on a 21 to 4 run to win 55 to 52. They're definitely my dark horse pick in 1A D2. This is a pretty cool, you know, because we see the final score and we don't always get that context. Yeah. I mean, this this is incredible. The 21 to 4 run to close it out. Way to go, Wampus Cats. Yeah, no, that's awesome. That's a team that I mean, he's right. The dark horse, you talk about leadership within a program. You saw them in football and what they were able to do banged up, you know, and they're at full strength in basketball. Like they, they, they could make some noise. They realistically could. They've got guys that can play and you know, just athletes getting in space. But you know, the big thing is like the mental aspect of that to go on a 21-4 run to close out a game that is just bananas to to think about like you know how you have to be on a heater that's on a heater for like an entire just quarter just chipping away at that thing yeah this this is the year for the wampus cats they've got five seniors in chase san roman and cole san roman and ethan howard and seth caven and arrow christopherson those five seniors have put their blood, sweat, and tears into this thing for Clark Fork. The one the one hiccup I have here, the one hitch I have for Clark Fork is that as the district champion, you know, because they're, I mean, they're going to play Mullen and or Kootenai, right, in the district yeah. championship. No offense, but those teams are a combined two and 19, two and, yeah, two and 19. Um, but so, you know, Clark Fork wins districts, they still have to play a play-in game to get to state and way on the road too. Like they're, they got to go like down to McCall, which is yeah. far. Um, and so they're going to have to take on the third place team from East Idaho, you know, water Springs or North gem or Mackie or somebody. So I just, I'm nervous because we saw this in volleyball where Clark fork had to do this. They had to go play Rockland in a state play in match and they, and they fell. And so that's my only concern there with Clark Fork's boys basketball team is can they get past that state play-in game? We'll you know, see. That, yeah, and it's you know not having the letdown of winning conference and then going to a play-in game and nothing's given and everything's earned and you know. But I think with having five seniors, though, I mean, you talk about having a puncher's chance. You get five five guys with a lot of experience. I, I mean, I'll take five seniors on my in my starting lineup on the road in a play-in game. Heck yeah, I give that to me all day and twice on Sunday. Yep. All right. Well, this is the North Idaho prep cast presented by Nova Idaho. Be smart. Don't start. Let's start to look at the girls basketball district tournament brackets. We've got Wallace miners athletics, the official Facebook page of the Wallace miners in the chat, go miners. And we will talk about that huge win that the Wallace girls got last night at Lakeside. 
um, in just a moment. But I figured the best way to go through this would be to start in to do it chronologically, right? Go with the district tournaments that have already started in girls basketball. Yep. And then kind of just work our way down from there. So if you're watching this on the IdahoSports.com YouTube channel, Facebook page, or Twitter account, I'm going to share my screen. The brackets are going to be right there. Maybe make your screen full size so it's a little easier to read the bracket. If you're listening audio only, it's all good. We have all the district tournament brackets on our homepage at IdahoSports.com, and you can follow along that way. All right, so the uh, only tournament that has actually started thus far, Skaggs, is the 1AD1 White Pine League District 2. Only seven teams competing this year. You might go, hey, aren't there eight teams? Yes, Logos decided to opt for a mostly JV schedule this year, and so they decided to forego their spotted districts. So no Logos, which means Lapway is the number one seed. Got a nice first round bye. Um, otherwise, things kind of held the form. Number two, Prairie beats number seven, Clearwater Valley, 76 to eight. Number three, Kamii over number six, Potlatch, 50 to 21. The one upset, number five, Genesee over number four, Troy. They had to make that really long trip to Troy. <laughs> That's about as close of an opponent as you could get for Genesee. Um, Genesee wins on the road, 42-37. Coach Greg Hardy does it again. Yeah, and that's you know looking at that Bulldogs team. That's a you know that's a tough match. I mean, you both those teams have you know good players, and that's that's something I think that you could come back through the the losers bracket and still find your way to some success with either of those programs. And um, you know, I mean, drawing a short straw though, having to come against Slapway, coming off of you know a big week, um, getting the rematch win over Kendrick. That's uh, that's a tough tough task there. Um, I really do like Lapway Prairie again in the final. I think that that's where the, the, I think that's where we're headed. Um, you know, I think that's where the two teams are going to be punching their ticket to state is going to be those two teams as well. So, uh, Cami, I can make things interesting, but I just I think you know they've got too much firepower in those two teams, and um, that's going to be to me a test. But I think that's going to be the fun. I mean, this tournament I've been going and watching or seeing some of the games better part of 20 years now in this white pine league and it is always probably in my mind the creme de la creme of district tournaments like they do a phenomenal job getting this thing seated but you just get some absolute slobber knocker games where you know you'll end up in you'll get one of these will go to like double ot even on the losers bracket side one of those games will end up being like a, a buzzer beater and something like that it's just usually how it ends up shaking out yeah, um, I will say, so the semifinals will be Saturday uh, at Lewiston High School. Uh, we'll have a loser out game um, as well. Let's see, Saturday, February 4th. That's not right. I'll figure out what the date is for that. Loser out game, Clearwater Valley and Potlatch, seven versus six. And then the semifinals Saturday, Number five, Genesee against number one, Lapway. Number two, Prairie against number three, Kamii. Those teams did split in the regular season, Skaggs. Um, I don't know. Kamii won the first matchup, 49-43, so by six. Prairie won the rematch, 43-36. to That's a seven-point margin of victory. Um, and this may be not even the last time they face, right? Like They could face off right here in this second place winner advances to state game as well. Yep. Um, that's kind of how it, I, I, I think it might go. Um, although, you know, if Prairie does get to the championship against Lapway, they did just beat the Wildcats. Prairie's not the hottest team in the conference right now. I mean, yeah. 
let's be real like they are so it, it is surprise me one bit it is to me kind of a clear top three with lapway prairie cameo a really good team is going to be left home for the mm-hmm. postseason which is unfortunate and i guess we'll just have to see how it all I, it, prairie and cam prairie and lapway i mean that's what it, <laughs> So it always comes down to, right? If if we're if we're be if we're being honest this year with one AD one, and we might as well just bring in the other district from one AD one to talk about it here following this conversation. Um if we're if we're being honest, the the way the bids are working this year is East Idaho gets one, which makes sense. Grace is a well-deserving team. Uh the Magic Valley gets three, which makes sense. Oakley, Raft River, Murtaugh, all top five teams. Yep. I'm good with that. Yep. The white pine gets two. I'd like that to be three. And then the district champion from district one has to play the third place team from district four. So whether that's Wallace, whether that's Lakeside, they're going to have to play a Murtaugh an Oakley or a raft river. And I just don't know if they can advance beyond that. It's going to be really difficult and they will have definitely, definitely earned their way to state if they can pull it off. Yeah. The, the one district, if we're being honest that I don't think, should get any bids this year is district three and they're going to yeah, get two. No, that, that to me is just a criminal. I mean, we talk about either expansion or seeding of state tournaments. And I mean, cave pine, give the district champ a bid, make them the eight seed. Like that's in my mind, the only logical way of doing that, but that, that extra bid needs to go up to a, to an at large, like the highest ranked at large like that. It's it, yeah. I, I don't need to go much further than that and because I don't want to start attacking things and bodies at, at play and everything like that. But um, it doesn't make sense for one of those really good teams to be left out or have to be forced to play a play-in game. Like, that doesn't make any sense to me. Yeah, so uh, it is unfortunate. We'll keep an eye on the, the White Pine League as it goes. Uh, okay, 1AD1 Scenic Idaho Conference District 1, since we're on the D1 train here. They won't start until Monday night at North Idaho College. Um, number three seed is Genesis Prep. The number two seed is Lakeside. They'll play in a knockout game. The winner of that will take on the Wallace Miners in the district championship game Wednesday at 7 o'clock at North Idaho College. Last night, after falling to Lakeside way, way early on this season, Wallace had to go to Plummer. The game goes to overtime, Skaggs, and I'll admit, in overtime, it was a lot of free throws. <laughs> there was a yep. lot of, there was a lot of. Okay, I'm going to shoot a free throw. Now we're going to walk to the other end. I'm going to shoot a free throw. But and 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 Lakeside, you know, had the lead, had the lead. Wallace would get to within one or two, and Lakeside would always pull ahead. But finally, with a little over a minute to go. Capri Wood, a freshman, hits a three to give Wallace the breathing room it needs. They win 53-50 to in overtime at Lakeside, which means the two sides split for the regular season title. So who gets the one seed? It came down to the coin flip, baby. Wallace <laughs> got the lucky draw. They get the buy. They get the... Oh, I love the coin flip. Seed. That's like going... Uh, what is that? <laughs> Friday night lights where they all meet like at a truck stop and they all <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> I love it. I love it. Yeah, that's awesome. Now I did but see no, this Wa- is gonna be a great district tournament to watch. And I, I look back at that final, they've been great games between Wallace and Lakeside, and they've been going back and forth for the better part of you know five years now. They've been trading wins, and um, you know, it's 
I like Wallace a lot. I think that that lineup with what they're getting, the production out of their underclassmen too. And uh, they're very well, both teams are so well coached too. That's the part I think that gets a little missed in this one, but um, yeah, it's, it's a quote unquote coin flip. I really do. You get that district championship game. Let's just play it. It goes to like triple OT. Then let's just flip a coin. Like <laughs> at that point, I don't know. Like they're both really good teams. And in the Coeur d'Alene press, Chris Dorman, the longtime coach for Lakeside, kind of summed it up succinctly. He said, hey, we're we're really two different teams. We don't have a girl over five foot ten, and they've got quite a bit of size. We're a little more athletic, and it's really two different styles of basketball. It's been that way for many years, and there's yep. no reason for this year to be any different. And yeah, you do. <laughs> you look at Lakeside's got these incredible guards, right, with Kylie Wolf, who's only a sophomore, and Kimberly Pluff, who's only a sophomore. Martina Rivera, the senior, leads them in everything that they do. Uh, Tyla, Lam- Tyla Lambert, just a sophomore. It's a younger team, too. And then yep. you look at, at Wallace, and they've got these, these posts inside, you know, 5'10", Bethany Phillips, 5'11", Tia Hendrick. Um, and Hendrick especially, you know, is, is tough to, to handle inside, especially defensively. And so I, I can't wait for round three here in this district championship game. But again, the winner of that will then have to play in this play-in game here against Oakley, Raft River, or Murtaugh. All of those teams are top five teams. And so yep. the road's going to be tough. But you you find your way there and you win it. You've earned, like you said, you earned it. And that's, you know, I think what they're kind of looking at. And Yeah, no, it's, it's going to be a fun district title game. It, it historically always has been. And I, I don't see that, like he said, the coach said that, it's not going to be any different this year. Like, you know, a lot of dribble penetration, foul, head to the line, shoot to go down low, get fouled because you're hacked, trying to get down low in the post. That's, I mean, yeah, it wouldn't surprise me one bit to see this and end up being right back at the foul line again. Yeah. And maybe an overtime game too. We'll have to wait and yep. see. Again, Wallace Minor Athletics, go Miners. Hey, if you're still in the chat, can you tell me, was the coin flip held just immediately after the game last night? Or, <laughs> or was it? Stuff. Was it like a predetermined thing? Did you do it earlier in the week? I'd like to know how that coin toss went down. <laughs> if someone could tell me. Um, I, yeah, I love the coin toss for sure. All right. Uh, that's 1AD1. They bet at Jimmy's down the street in Coeur d'Alene over a cup of coffee. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> right. <laughs> um, okay. Let's go to 5A. Uh, Inland Empire League, District 1-2. This starts on Friday, Skaggs. Lake City, the one seed. Coeur d'Alene, the two. Post Falls, the three. Lewiston, the four. Lewiston at Lake City Friday night. Post Falls at Coeur d'Alene Friday night. Winners will then play for the district championship. Uh, one and a half bids available to state here. I got to be honest. I like Lake City and Coeur d'Alene to both advance to state from this yep. bracket. Yep, I'm with you there. Um, you know, and Coeur d'Alene not playing at full strength and still getting a lot of production. Um, you know, it was something that I was impressed with in that post falls game that we had the other night. And, you know, that even, a, and ha- even having an off night from Brooksley Colvin, like she, she production just wasn't there and they were able to, to dominate that game in the second half. Like it was just a, a really nice effort by that Viking team and Kelsey Carroll, put together a great game even though she was in foul trouble she was untouchable down low and you know maddie mitchell did what she needed to do from you know around the arc and and distributing the ball and so you get back at full strength and 
if the Colvin sisters are on that Coeur d'Alene team is as dangerous as anybody in the state. Yeah, it's going to be uh, really interesting to see how that how that battle goes down for Lake, sure. You know, to say about Lake City too is that you know they've been they've had a really tough schedule. You know how how long has it been since they've really been tested or pushed in a game? And so that's where it's going to be interesting to see. You know, Coeur d'Alene at full strength coming in. If they meet in the district final, you know, there's a lot to be said about that game. I don't think it's going to hurt seeding for either team taking a loss in that game necessarily because they're so um, so high in the max preps rankings. But um, it'll be uh, it'll be yeah. I think it's you know district championship game between Coeur d'Alene and Lake City. If that's what it ends up being. Both of those teams I, I really genuinely see playing in the state tournament, and I see both of those teams playing on Saturday. Yep. Okay, let's move on to the White Pine League D2 edition. We've got a play-in game Saturday night, 6 o'clock in Nez Perce. It's number 5 Highland, number 4 Nez Perce. The winner of that will advance to play the top dog, Kendrick. You've got Deary, the two-seed, up against St. John Bosco, the number 3-seed. Um, these games will all take place at Lapway High School. I like the digs there. Lapway's got a great facility. I tell you what, like for small school in the state of Idaho, I don't know if anybody's got a nicer basketball arena than that school. Um, that is that's a great facility Lapway's got there, and it's cool they're sharing with the the next league down. But um, you know, I look at Kendrick in this one. Kendrick, obviously, my favorite. I think Kendrick's my dark horse for the state title too. But they took a loss to Lapway the other night, which I don't really. You know, yeah, it's all right. What who it's who cares? Like it's at the end towards the end of the season. It was just on the schedule as a filler, and you know, two good teams that went at it, and Lapway got the upper hand. But it doesn't tell me that Kendrick's like the sky is falling for the Tigers by any means. That team's loaded. Uh, Deary is a dark horse pick to to make some noise. I really look at you know Deary being a team that's got a really a couple nice pieces in the lineup, especially down low. Um, that they can be a scary team if they, you know, end up making it out of this thing. So we'll, we'll see what happens there, but I like Kendrick a whole lot. Yeah. I keep voting Deary in my top five. And when I vote in the media poll and like nobody else is like getting behind that. And I'm just like, "Mm, they're good. They're top five worthy. You know, they just, Kendrick is also top five worthy. Like (laughs) you can, you can have more than one top five team in a conference. Like, it's not a hard concept. No, no, it's uh, not. It's who cares? I think Deary's the Mustangs are wanting to fly under the radar right now, and that's that's okay with them. And if that's the case, and they want to make some noise, get on them. I'm just glad after you know they had to play each other in the first round at state. Was that last year or two years ago? I can't yeah, I'm remember. trying to remember. Yeah, that, De- that was that Deary. was a bummer. Deary Deary got him at state. Deary got Kendrick, and then so if the rankings hold with max preps as of now, Kendrick would be your number one seed, which I'm good with, you know, yep. no, no disagreements there. Um, Deary would actually be the three seed, which again, I'm good with, they'd be on opposite yep. sides of the bracket. Like I'm good with that. Yeah. And I, I realistically look at this Deary team, like they're getting slept on hardcore. Like yeah. they are like, they are an absolute sleeper. That's it's like one of those picks in the NCAA tournament when you're trying to go through your brackets and you look at like somebody that's in a six twelve matchup and it's that six seed that ends up in the elite eight. That's Deary right here. Like I look at them and they are just getting like snoozed on hardcore. Oh, but they're twelve and six. Yeah, okay. They've lost to Prairie twice, Genesee, Troy, Kendrick. <laughs> I mean, yeah, okay. 
<laughs> what do you want? I mean, come on. That, and, the, and one of the times they lost to Kendrick was was by one point. Like, yeah. Come on, what are we doing here? Anyways, yeah. <laughs> we'll see how this. Well, uh, next year we won't have to argue about it. I mean, because Kendrick will be gone, but whatever. But. <laughs> and won't won't that be interesting? Yeah, I mean, you get Tennessee be... coming down. So yeah. <laughs> yeah, that's gonna be really interesting okay 4a district one and two inland empire league play-in game is monday at lakeland number three moscow at number two lakeland winner gets number one sandpoint in the best of three series here um that best of three series will start on wednesday um sandpoint is they have been pushed lately um this, like we talked about on the boys side with Coeur d'Alene, how the field has narrowed um, Sandpoint has gotten pulled a couple out of the fire recently. I mean, when you look at uh, a 47 to 40 win over Moscow, you know, they had to win that late a 49 to 41 win over Lakeland. Another game they had to win late. Um, of course they beat Lakeland the first time only 53 to 50. Um, all of these games, their largest margin of victory was over Moscow by nine points. So it's been very tight. But wasn't it kind of that way last year too? That's just the way Sandpoint plays. Is that they just kind of naturally play close games? So last year, Lakeland by nineteen, Lakeland okay. by Lakeland by one. Yes, you're right, um, 44-43. And then at districts, they won the first game in the best of three by just three points. Um, and then they blew out Lakeland fifty-one twenty-nine. In the in the clincher, I'm not sure what happened in that clincher, I just, but I look at Coach Love. I'm not. I'm still giving him benefit of the doubt. I'm telling you right now. Like, and then you look at not only did they beat you know close games, but like look at who they played this week. I mean, they played Bonner's Ferry and Timberlake. They took care of Timberlake. It wasn't close. Like they beat Bonner's Ferry. Like Sandpoint's fine. Like I look at them and I'm like, I'm not worried. Coach Love, he's trying his darndest. I think to just get some pieces in his lineup, some experience. And, you know, you're not going to get the blowout wins because I think you're, he's taking care of his team as they approach the postseason. I don't want to prognosticate and think that, like, I'm going to say, like, that's exactly what he's doing. Some of these teams are genuinely good and pushing him. But they're pushing, I should say, pushing the Sandpoint girls team. But, like, Coach Love is a – he's a – I mean, I don't want to say guru. He's a guru. I mean, the guy knows what he's doing. He's one of the best in the game. And, uh, you know, I'm, I'm going to err on, on the side of, like, he knows what's going on. And I still think Sandpoint's one of my favorites to, to play for a state championship. Like Shelly's really good. You know, Pocatello's really good. Sandpoint's really good. I think those top three are kind of on the upper echelon of the program. So it's state, you know, like you get there, they're going to be just fine. They're going to be able to play a close sloppy game in the first round and win because they're used to it because that's how they play. Like, yeah, that, that's where I'm at. Soapbox off. <laughs> okay. Hey, you've, you've convinced me. I'm back on with Sandpoint. You've convinced me. Um, 3A, Intermountain League, best of three series. Timberlake gets to host. They'll host number two, Bonners Ferry. Game one, Monday night, 7 o'clock. Game two, Wednesday. Game three, if necessary, on Thursday. Kind of like we talked about. Very close matchup the first time these two played it in Bonners Ferry. Uh, Coach Miller made some adjustments for Timberline or Timberlake in the, in the rematch, and... <laughs> Uh, won a little more easily. Yeah, I said it was going to be close, and I was completely wrong. And I'll fall on my sword on that one. Like I'll, <laughs> I'll <laughs> but uh, I Timberlake's Timberlake. I mean, like 
Coach Miller does such a good job with that group and, you know, putting the pieces in place to get them playing well. And he's got some really nice players in that lineup. And, um, yeah, I think I like the Tigers coming out of this one. I think this is criminally another one of those leagues that needs two bids or a half bid. But Barnes Ferry in a plan against any of the other districts, I think the Badgers make it to the Girls State Tournament too. But it's it's just one of those situations. Yeah, it's tough. I don't there there are there is a glue a glom of like 10 to 11 3A teams this year that are all kind of really equally talented. And yeah, mm-hmm. Barnes Ferry and Timberlake are both in that grouping um for sure so uh yeah we'll see what happens there in their best of three series uh we're hitting the home stretch here we've got the 2a central idaho league uh, this starts on monday we still got to figure out you know where everybody's getting seated i mean i guess we could could probably fill this in a little bit on the bracket line here uh everybody plays eight league games grangeville is seven and oh so nobody can catch them because the next closest is Kellogg at six and two. So I feel pretty good about putting Grangeville one, right? Then they're going to play the winner of the play in game. Number five and number four. That's on Monday. Um, right now, you know, it's looking like Orofino and St. Mary's, but you know, mm-hmm. priest rivers, two and four Orofino is two and six. They're done. St. Mary's is one and six. They have one game left. You know, if Priest River goes on a on a slide here to end it, they could find themselves in that play-in game. They play St. Mary's two night skags in Priest River. It's a big matchup. That's a big matchup. And um, I mean, I look at it too, though, is Green. I don't want to say anything's ever set in stone, but Grangeville obviously is gonna win the tournament in my mind. Like that. I don't know if anybody's got the firepower to match the Bulldogs right now, but um look, is a sneaky team. I mean, I really like like I say, sneaky as far as future tense. They've got some nice pieces. They can score. They can score in, in bunches, too. They've got one of the leading scorers in the state of Idaho in, in two-way basketball. You know, and that's you know that's a, a group that can play really tough ball. And, um, yeah, it, I look at tonight, you know, the matchup of St. Mary's and, and Priest River. Priest River is one of those teams that's just, I don't want to say Jekyll and Hyde, but um, – yeah, it's. I really do just look at Grangeville and Kellogg being the overwhelming favorites in this conference to to make it. But um, you know, Orfino's one of those teams that can maybe push and and make a dangerous game for someone. Yeah, and I just don't think anyone's going to catch Kellogg. I mean, because mm-hmm. Ke- Kellogg's done. I mean, they're six and two, so yep. they're are, they are finished. So we can put Kellogg at three, four, and five still to be determined. Priest River finishes the year with St. Mary's and then Grangeville. You know, assuming they take the L against Grangeville, um, they they got to win this game against against St. Mary's to avoid kind of a three way tie there um, at yep. the bottom with Orofino. That that would be wild, huh? St. Mary's, Orofino, and Priest River could all finish two and six. Yeah, that'd be. Which you know, and then it goes to I don't know what their criteria are outside of head to head. So, um, assuming that they all kind of split against each other this year, so it'll be interesting to see how that shakes out. Yeah. Bottom line, I'm with you. I like Grangeville to advance. Nine of the ten players on the varsity are juniors or sophomores. They have one senior this year in Maddie Thacker, and otherwise all juniors and sophomores. Um, I like Kellogg to take second to get to that play-in game. I'll be honest. I don't know if Kellogg wins that play-in game. It's probably going to be against New Plymouth. Um, 
you know, I'm doing the daily bracketology posts yeah. now at IdahoSports.com. I'm kind of projecting New Plymouth to beat Kellogg in that play-in game. I'd love to be wrong, Wildcat Nation, and if I am, I'll come back and wear it. I'm just, I'm just a little worried about how battle-tested this Kellogg team is. Where, whereas New Plymouth, I mean, they have had to play Melba and Cole Valley and all these 5A and 4A teams. They are battle-tested this year. Yeah, I mean uh, the the fighting. Paul Kingsbury's and the Pilgrims uh, will be, uh, they'll make it interesting if that's a, the game that we see that, that has state, you know, state tournament markings all over it. If it's a play in game, that's something that you would definitely see in maybe a four or five matchup. I mean, most years. So, um, but yeah, I mean, like I said, Kellogg can score though. That's the thing I'll give them is if they, if they're hot and they can shoot, they've got some size in the post too, but they've got great guard play. Kellogg is my like, they're a dangerous team if they're on. So that's where I stand. Yep. Okay. Last one. We're getting to the finish line here. Uh, the very last tournament to start in the entire state because it's one game. 1AD2 North Star League. It is Clark Fork, the one seed. Mullen, the two seed. It'll be Wednesday, February 7th, 5.30 p.m. at North Idaho College. This will be the game before Lakeside and Wallace. Um, so a nice double header there at NIC next Wednesday. Um, you know, I just don't see a way. I mean, Mullen, the fact that they were able to put together a season is incredible. They've got seven players. Um, they had to petition to allow three eighth graders to play. Otherwise, they would have had four girls. They wouldn't have had enough for a, for a team. Um, they still have some games on their regular season schedule, but, you know, they're two and ten just a young team, low numbers, Clark Fork, very experienced, very veteran Clark Fork, six and eight. I like Clark Fork to win this. I'm not sure if Clark Fork can go win that play in game because I don't know. There's three really good teams from the East and it's probably going to be Rockland or Grace Lutheran that they're going to have to play. I just don't know. I've got a bad feeling for yeah. the Wampus cats there, but I do like I them to win the district. Yeah, I like him to win district, but I just, that play-in game I just see as being a, a that's going to be a bear trap to fall into. Like you got, if it's Rockland, that is a absolute. Mm, that's a tough situation to be in to find your way into the state tournament. But you know, like you do what you can do, and and that's, like you said about Mullen, though, hats off to them and and what they've been able to to just play, just showing up. Like sometimes that's half the battle is just being there, and they've been able to do it. And those hats off to those eighth graders that stepped into that lineup. Now I will say the, the player for Clark Fork, that's going to be important. If it does get to that play in game with Rockland specifically is going to be Amari Prince. Hay inside. She is a five foot 11 center. Rockland's tallest player is five foot nine. And so if, if Amari Prince, Hay can shut it down inside defensively and you know, score with her back to the basket for Clark Fork and take advantage of the height. Clark Fork's got a shot, but to me, that's the that's the X factor. You know, if it's if it's a matchup with Rockland, if it's a matchup with Grace Lutheran, then I actually give Clark Fork a, a good fighting chance of winning that in advance. Yeah. But we'll yeah. we'll have to see. Yeah, if it's if it's Grace Grace Lutheran, I think the chances of winning that game are significantly higher. But if it's Rockland, that's a tough matchup because Rockland offensively, I don't. Yeah, that's that's going to be a you're going to have to keep pace with that team running the floor. That's for sure. Yeah. Rockland's got guards. That is for sure. Mm -hmm. 
All right. Well, those are all of the district tournament brackets. Of course, we update those every night on IdahoSports.com. And then mid-morning each day, the following morning, I've got my bracketology update. First official bids to state have been clinched. Speaking of 1AD2, uh, Mackey and Ledor both clinched spots to state from back east. So congratulations there. More and more bids will be clinched in the coming days, Skaggs, as we are hitting the stretch run. Joe Lenardi's got nothing on you. <laughs> you know you know what I learned? Um, uh, Joe Lenardi, um, you know, he's the big bracketologist for ESPN, but he has also for 19 years been the color guy for the St. Joe's um, Hawks radio really? broadcast. St. Joseph's men's that. basketball. Yeah. Huh. I had no idea. <laughs> How cool is that? Yeah. That's pretty awesome. So, I mean, hey, there's hope for you to be the, the like pivotal guy nationally to be the national bracketologist for something. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> if not for us, we're glad you're on our side. <laughs> yeah, I think I, I think I've hit my ceiling here. I don't I, I don't know. Uh, nobody nobody nationally is call it calling up asking for brackets, baby. That's for sure. Um hey, look at this. Before we get out of here. It is confirmed from, from the horse's mouth itself. Case, why not? 100% a pass. From Told you. Chris yeah. <laughs> <laughs> awesome. Okay. That is double confirmed now. We can, we can. Yeah. That was, I would say, if nobody leaves a bunny, like a little jump shot that short, man. Like, no. <laughs> the bunny from Bonnie turned out to be a pass instead. So, okay. I'm glad we could clear that up. We don't want to be spreading fake news around here. So, okay. That's going to do it for this edition of the North Idaho prep cast presented by Nova Idaho. We went super long today. Skag. Yeah, we do so this Twitter. I'll do the North Idaho nine on Twitter. Don't worry about it. We went long. Oh yeah. 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 Uh, yeah. I totally forgot about that. Sorry. It's all good. Well, I'll put it up on Twitter if anybody really actually cares. So, Every every once in a while we do this. We we get off the rails a little bit. We have a show that goes a little well, longer. We went through the brackets and everything else. We talked about wrestling and yeah, so we're good. Yeah. All righty. Well, uh, thanks Enough for tuning in. Basketball. No, I'm just kidding. I do. I get in trouble on the match at prep cast. Yeah, you do. Basketball. It's like a massive faux pas. <laughs> yeah, they they don't like pumpkin it. pusher. Yeah. <laughs> pumpkin pusher i like that that's good okay thank you for tuning into the north idaho prepcast everybody for ride skags i'm brandon Bainey. we'll see you next time on idahosports.com